Welcome to the Straight from the Crest podcast. Welcome to episode three of this Straight from the Crest podcast. I'm your host, Michael David Kresovich. Garrett Bastardi joins the show as we talk about Penn State's massive win over Auburn, and we preview the Villanova Wildcat game. Garrett, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. It was a fun weekend. That was a great weekend. That that was one of the, the biggest Penn State wins in program history, I will say. Yeah, I think not so much because of, I think everything that came with the opponent came with um, the matchup, you know, the Big Ten versus SEC, uh, where Penn State was last year and where they are now, um, being the first post-pandemic whiteout game. Um, it's not the most, uh, you know, it's not like beating number one or number two Ohio State, but, uh, you know, from a, a playing standpoint, but I think take everything into consideration, that was probably one of the bigger weekends that this town has had in quite a while. I agree. I agree. And I think as a fan base, including me and you, I think we collectively owe Sean Clifford an apology. Yeah, that was uh, 28 of 32 is pretty good. And um, he can, when you do that and throw for 280 yards and do everything that he did, you're allowed to go run around the stadium like a madman after. Exactly. Wave to the Auburn band goodbye. Yeah, that was sick. I love that. Yeah. And that's just like, I don't know. I don't think that's that's dirty. It's like he played well. He He said, have a nice trip back. Yeah. And he was just wishing them, wishing them good fortune. Yeah, and like, back. and like we touched on last week, uh, their corners were good, and the median there was going to be within the short range. And uh, under 19 yards throw, he was 26 of 28 for 222 yards in two scores. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and you know they have they have NFL talent on on their defense with Smoke Monday and Nehemiah Pritchett at cornerback. Um, you know a lot of great athletes, but you know Cliff did a great job. You know his incompletions were. Uh, the pick, which was basically a punt. Yeah, I don't, I don't count that. Yeah, he got um, rocked too yeah, on that. That's you know, he missed one out pattern, uh, and then there was a drop. And yep. then Outside of that, uh, Cliff was unbelievable, and and he said it after the game. Credit to the offensive line. I don't think Cliff had a blade of grass on. It was, uh, an incredible, uh, an incredible performance on with for the offensive line. Um, you know, I I would like to see things open up a little more with the run game but you know when you're going to be able to give your guy six seven eight seconds back in the pocket throw it as much as you possibly can yeah and absolutely and just to recap uh penn state 28 auburn 20 uh clifford uh he's now 13th in the nation in qbr just a quick note on him he can he's at a 71 percent completion percentage which may not you might not think that's great but he was at 61 last year and he's he's improved every week so yeah, we were talking about the linemen there. Uh, the, the linemen were great in terms of uh, pass blocking, but run game, not so much. Uh, granted, Auburn does have one of the best D-lines in the country, um, and you, you saw that. It was evident with Noah Kane's numbers dipped a little bit. That's okay because Clifford's went up. Obviously, you can't have best of both worlds. Yeah, if, and if you're going to be able to throw for you know 29 for 32 and at an 85% completion clip uh, and have five, six, seven seconds in the pocket – you you can you can afford to throw the ball more than you run it and you know auburn strength is it's it's front four and it's front seven and uh you know the offensive line was able to neutralize that from a pass protection standpoint and if they're able to do that then you know let cliff t off uh thrown to the wide receivers yeah no doubt and they were actually the they well. were able to contain uh one of the best interior d line in the country who's going to be in the nfl in marquise burks uh, they made him non-existent. Uh, PFF has him great as the number one defense alignment right now in all of college football. And just kudos to the offensive line because they really made things happen. But 
let's transition into the offense we saw. We saw a lot of weird formations. It was far from bland. Uh, I, I remember on Brenton Strange's uh, big play that set up the touchdown, the fourth, uh, I'm sorry, the third, uh, he, they lined a lineman out inside in a, out of the slot. So what did you think of that when yeah, you first saw it? Yeah, so, you know, how that, that was a really cool setup where, you know, Brenton Strange is actually lined up where the left tackle typically would be. Um, and the left tackle is out on, uh, out in the perimeter to the right. And so, you know, it just created a lot of confusion uh, with, for the Auburn defense, nobody picked up strange. Uh, that was a, a pivotal play. Um, you know, Auburn had been charging. It was 21, 20, got them all the way down to the one, um, got Penn state all the way down to the one. And I, I would add that they actually did that play. Um, they called that play out of the hurry up as well. So yeah. it, it was just very interesting. Um, you know, a lot of cool different things that we haven't seen. Uh, very often with a Penn State offense from from Mike Yurcich, and I, I will say, whatever money it costs to to keep him forever, uh, you pay him. Yeah, it's because, back to the old Joe Moorhead dilemma. Yeah, uh, from a yeah, few years ago. Yeah, and I I just don't know I don't know what Yurcich's goals are um, when it comes to being a head coach. Obviously, Joe Moorhead was a head coach prior to becoming a Penn prior to coming to Penn State uh, at Fordham, and then obviously went to Mississippi State. So he had those aspirations. Yurcich has always been an offensive coordinator, always been an offensive mind. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, where he would want to go after this. But, you know, if we can keep continuity with the with the OCs, that would be great. Um, I will say there was a few times I think he got a little too cute. Um, a couple pop passes on third and short uh, down near the goal line going to the Wildcat. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not, I'm not sure. So I was fine with going was. to the Wildcat. I liked um, – I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the guy's name who ran in the tight end, uh, the, the touchdown, the tight end. Uh, 44. For 44. I love that, but when they had him throw on the next time in the end zone, that's too much. That's too fancy. Yeah, the first one was fine. The second one was, you know, very clearly Auburn was ready for it. They were ready for some sort of, you know, fake dive and then maybe like a tight end flat route, and um, they had all the bases covered there. Yeah, and uh, let's go over the defense. Obviously, going into it, we discussed how good their run game was, and it showed. I mean, I was shocked that they were able to run that much against Penn State's defense, knowing how good we were. Uh, Bigsby did end up with over 100 yards rushing, but I thought in the past game, considering we just kind of let Bo Nix be wild and do what Bo Nix does, um, and he was just throwing all over the field, incredibly inaccurate deep, just like we predicted. Uh, what'd you, what were your takeaways from Penn State's defensive performance Saturday? Yeah, I think that they they do a good job of keeping everything in front of them. Uh, they don't get beat by the big play, and um, you know, the difference in the game was red zone defense. Penn State was able to score four touchdowns, and Auburn scored two touchdowns and two field goals. So you got to be able to punch the ball in the end zone in a, in a game like that, and that was the difference. Um, and, I, and also I thought it was just important that, <clears throat> um, you know, they didn't let Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby break off 20, 25, 30-yard runs. It was just chunk um, carries. Yeah. It was chunk carries. And when they got the ball into the red zone, you know, the, the field shortens, the options shorten. Um, and, you know, at that point, you're going to have to force Bo Nix to make some sort of pass into the end zone. And at no point did Bo, Bo Nix make the pivotal throw that he needed to make um, in order to win the football game. I will say, I think this offense uh, suits him. Uh, this new Brian Harson-led offense at Auburn suits him a lot better than what he was uh, under the, the Gus Malzahn regime, what he was seeing there. Um, I thought Bonex played fine. Um, yeah, he didn't play well enough to to win. And actually, and and I preface that with, um, 
he very much should have thrown a pick six at the end of the first half that that could have put the game out of yeah out of, out of reach. Um, Brandon Smith, I, right in his I, hands. I feel I feel for him because he saw the end zone and had the ball and there was nobody there and just you know didn't come up with it. And that's a five star linebacker who's the who was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, so yeah, with that drop, yeah, um, the, the drop was closer to a fumble on. Uh, Smith's part than it was an interception. I, I mean, thought it was almost too. Yeah, was almost thrown. Yeah, too much to him. Uh, and so if that makes sense. So, uh, but Bonex played fine. I think Auburn is. I think Auburn is a good football team. I was going through their schedule. and I'm like, man, I could see them winning eight or nine games. And then I see that they play five of the top sixteen teams in the country going forward in it's Alabama. It's a brutal Georgia, schedule. A and M, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I mean it's just it's miserable. And Penn State's schedule going forward is not much easier. No, so, it's really not. Um but I think Auburn's a really good team. That's a great win. And you know, Penn State moving up to six in the in the AP poll kind of reflects the, the respect that they got out of that win. Uh what do you think about um Auburn's second to last drive when they had fourth and goal? What do you think about throwing that fade? Because afterward um, they said Knicks had more than one option. That wasn't the only one. But what would you have gone with in that instance? Yeah, uh, well, I was I went back and listened to the – because obviously it was at the game, um, but went back and listened to the coverage afterwards. And, you know, Herb Street was doing a very good job of kind of analyzing what uh, what should be – you know, what he would call or what should be run going in that, in that situation. He thought, okay, give Bo Nix the option because he's such a good athlete to be able to run the ball if, he, if the play broke down. Um, you know, go to the wide side of the field, and they couldn't have done anything more opposite. Okay, one they re- they ran sort of a, a you know a back shoulder weak fade route to the weak side of the field against Penn State's best defender in Jaquan Brisker, and actually they could have called offensive pass interference on the play. I'm not really sure. I don't know if it was um I, I don't know who was out. Uh, it might have been Dem- Demetrius Robertson out at wide receiver. I'm not I'm not sure who was on the right side there, but it was just never even close. Um, it was actually very funny because uh, you know the play ended and every there wasn't like massive cheer because everyone's like, yeah the flag. it's the, the awkward flag. delay after a pass where everyone's looking in the for the back judge it to was, throw the flag yeah and it was almost like that was re- it was it was actually really similar to the fourth and five play against Ohio yeah State that we're like wait no that couldn't have just like, happened wait, did, yeah did that was that what they ran there um, I wouldn't have ran that no uh, I would have you know given some sort of RPO let Bo Nix you know make a play. Um, instead, they they did the opposite of that and just went for the. It looked like they were trying to draw some sort of flag. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we'll just wrap up our um, recap of Penn State's twenty-eight to twenty-one with uh, transition to special teams. Jordan Stout probably had a top three play in that game when Auburn wasn't was unable to punch the ball in, and uh, Penn State got the ball back and he flipped the field and made Auburn go. I want to say 65, 70 yards on that last drive for the game uh, he's really improved over the last year what does having a good punter like that do for penn state with a great defense in itself yeah i think that you know part of the advantage of having him is when you play sort of a bend don't break defense um you know we're not getting penn state's not getting a ton of three and outs teams are getting a couple first downs and then having the punt um he's able to flip the field right so you know a team is able to get get deep you know, try to, you know, change field position. And then, you know, if we have to punt, if Penn State has to punt, he's able to flip the field on a consistent basis. Uh, that's so important, especially in games that are, are more defensively oriented. This is a complete football team overall. They're tough. There's a lot of, um, 
you know, resiliency after last year. And, you know, I, I don't want to get too ahead of our skis here, but you know, with how no one seems to be really unbeatable in college football this year, obviously Ohio state is struggling. Um, you know, Alabama only won by two Clemson barely beat Georgia tech. Um, Georgia does look pretty good, but you know, I think Penn state is right up there as a top five, top six team in the country right now. So it just comes down to, can you continue to win week by week by week and go one and oh each week? That's so important to not, not, not to do what we're doing. Right. And look forward. Exactly. We got a, we got a big game against Villanova. We do. We week. do. And uh, like you said, we're right there. Uh, Penn state moved into the top six, just a couple game notes. Uh, and it's looking like Bama, Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, Iowa, and uh, Penn State is at sixth. So just a shout out to Garrett. Garrett has his own podcast where he previews football games and gives some picks at the end too. Yeah. Naturally. So tell them about tell them about your own podcast. Yeah. And where to uh, find it. The No Chains Attached podcast is uh, found wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it's on it's on Spotify. It's on uh, iTunes podcasts, and it's on SoundCloud as well. Um, we're on Twitter at no, at no chains pod one. Um, you know, while this is a little more Penn State focus, I focus less on Penn State, uh, and it's more just like the college football scene in general. Um, and yeah, we go over lines and stuff. There's some gambling at the end, or gambling talk, I guess, at the end. Um, and we'll throw some other sports in there. Um, talk a little NFL at some points, but yep. Thanks for the plug, Mikey. Yeah, no problem at all. And let's move into uh, Penn State's game this weekend, Garrett. It's a revenge game. Do you know why? Against Villanova? It's a revenge game. Uh, I don't know why. How is this a revenge I'm going to take you back to 1951, the oh last time gosh. these two teams play. Villanova squeaked out a 20-14 to 14 victory really? over the Nittany Lions. Jeez. Yeah. First year, Joe Pa as, a, uh, as an assistant coach. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't tell me that that's not going to be in the back of Penn State's players' minds. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think, well, you know, this is a battle for Pennsylvania. Because um, clearly Pitt isn't isn't any yeah any sort no there uh, it's competition, uh, you know the, there's a chip on their shoulder they are they're gonna look past these guys. But in all seriousness, uh, they welcome in Villanova. They are an FCS school, uh, and they're three zero on the season with wins over Lehigh, Bucknell, and Richmond. They have scored a decent amount of points, forty seven, fifty five, thirty four, and their three respective games. Uh, they're they're a pretty senior led team. Uh, Fifth year senior Daniel Smith leads their offensive quarterback. Justin Covington's a leading rusher. He has over 300 yards and two scores. And on the outside, uh, they got a pair of guys in Des Boykin, who is actually from the same high school as Saquon Barkley, Whitehall. So we may see something there. And Rajon Pringle they have on the outside. They're big up front. Uh, and that's that's really the main takeaways from this team. Penn State's favored by 29 right now, which I think the line should be higher. Ah, a special guest just walked in. Jason Nolfs here. Jason was at the game with Garrett. Jason, what do you think of uh, Penn State's Aub- win over Auburn? Well, I'd like to say first off, you know, we spent seven hours walking, so my back is hurting, my knees were hurting. Um, we finally got to the game hour and a half early, and uh, About an hour and a half early. Yeah. Well, Garrett likes to go in at six o'clock for. 7:30 game, so uh, you know we got great seats, midfield, uh, pretty much all the way up the top. So it was nice, um, you know. And you know, I just thought I always believe in our team. I think that we're going to win every single time that we play. I, there's not a time that I think that we're not going to win. Um, just whatever school I'm repping, whatever team I'm repping, we're going to win every single time. And that's my uh, uh, confidence coming in. So you know, I wasn't really. I wasn't too nervous. I mean, obviously you get a little bit of butterflies in your stomach, you know, when everybody's running out, but, um, I was just, I was just excited to watch the game and, you know, somebody said, uh, 
earlier in the day. You know, I think that uh, Penn State's either going to blow them out or uh, or they're going to they're going to lose because they don't win the tight games. And I was like, in my head, I was like, we're winning this tight game, and you know, stopping them on the two yard line. Uh, it was just a, an example of of that uh, grit and determination that Penn State had going into the game. And another thing that uh, was a little bit off throughout the game was this guy that I was standing next to just kept talking trash on the team, and I almost said something to him because I can't stand when people talk bad on our team. So, um, yeah, I just double legged him. Yeah, I almost double legged him, but no, I thought it was a I thought it was a great game, and you know, our our team fought hard and got the win. Yeah, and, uh, you talk about that like grit and determination. Is there anyone uh, on Penn State's football team that kind of because obviously you you're known as your reputation on the mat is you're not going to give up, you're going to keep battling. Is there anyone on the Penn State football team right now where you look at and you you kind of like the way, like maybe not the most talented guy, but is there anyone on the roster that you know works hard that no one else sees? Um, one guy that I always uh, like to watch is Jesse Lucchetto on the on the defense was he a dn yeah right yeah so yeah, it, yeah. i figured he kind of plays both but yeah i think that he's a really hard worker and he he's a guy that believes in himself and you know not a guy that you know everybody's talking about but you know the people that really know their stuff i think they have their eye on him well jason thanks for the input and uh that's pretty much all the coverage for villanova we're going to talk about in terms of predictions we'll give our predictions at the end actually after this segment but we're going to do something fun here a little change of pace we're going to go around the room uh garrett jason and myself and we're going to draft our favorite alumni from villanova penn state's opponent this weekend garrett will get the first pick i'll go to jason and we're going to snake back around garrett pick one one yeah um i'm gonna go with someone who only made it to villanova for a year but we said they didn't have to graduate as long as they were there for a year um, the always dashing Bradley Cooper. Um, That's a great pick. Yeah, just you know the yeah. hangover, shallow, <laughs> Lady Gaga. You know that. That was gonna, that was gonna be my pick. Yeah, well, I was gonna know, say American Sniper. Yeah, you know, yeah that's, that's a great, great movie. Stuff. What a what a what a wonderful what a wonderful guy. Um, you know, great talented artist and an actor. Um, Villanova's gonna need him Saturday. Jason. All right. Well, you know my first pick, Toby Keith. You know, courtesy of red, white, and blue. We go, American girls, American guys will always stand up and salute, will always recognize. So That's a great song. Uh, yeah, that's me. That's a great pick, Jason. Love the singing. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, and I'm going to go with... Brian Westbrook. I'm I'm not I'm obviously a Dallas Cowboy fan, but he was an Eagle great and that's a great pick. I liked him. Bradley Cooper was my 1-1, Toby Keith was next. And for my second pick cuz we're swinging back along, uh I'll stick with the football theme and I'm going to go with Howie Long. Uh Howie's a great analyst on TV. His two sons played in the NFL. Uh he's a he's a guy from Massachusetts. I'm going to go with Howie Long. And Jason, you're up again for pick number 2. All right, for pick number two, I'm going to go with uh, Toby Keith. You know, he has a song that goes, How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy standing here today. Toby Toby Keith picked twice. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Geisens, president and CEO of Wawa. Okay. okay. Oh, you know how many Wawa people are going to be up here this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, 
that, well, that it's not your pick, pick, Jason. That, yeah, it could have been. Your Do you pick. know how many Wawa Versheets debates there are well, going to be this so weekend? That's what I'm starting to kick off here a little bit. I will um, say Wawa coffee better than Sheets coffee. As you know, there's not a lot of Wawas up here in State College, so maybe I've been oversaturated with Sheets. Yeah, Sheets does have a lot more options. They have mac and cheese bites. Wawa sandwiches are better. They are, and um, you know, they it's a good place to go get gas. And so, you know, Chris Geisen's president and CEO. Um, I think he's he's running a running a good uh, running a good operation over there, and so that's going to be my my second pick. And I know I know the Philly people who listen to this podcast, the guys from Jersey, Southeast PA, um, they're going to like that pick. And I know the locals around here, they're not going to love it, but um, you know, can't it. please everyone. Uh, it's prediction time. Last week, Garrett and I both said Penn State would win and cover, and they did. And tonight, we are gonna. Forecast. I said 28-17. You did. I said 31-17. So we were, we were right on. 28-20. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yep. Jason got the game perfectly correct, everyone. So He's every game he, he did. Perfectly correct. Um, so we're going to give our prediction. Garrett, what's your prediction this weekend? Uh, Villanova's a 29-point dog. Uh, you know, we were discussing a little bit earlier that's a little bit narrower than maybe we would have thought it would have been. Um, I think that Penn State will cover. I don't think that Villanova will be able to really move the ball too much. I could see them scoring a late garbage touchdown. Uh, I like something like 48-10. to 10. Um, And so that's a win. That's a cover. I don't know what the over-under is. Um, so I'm just going to stick with a, with a cover. Okay, yeah, and I'm with you. I'm going to go 42-10. to 10. Okay. Uh, I think they're going to get some garbage time. I think this will be a weekend where Penn State plays deep into its roster. Uh, Sean Clifford's day will be done mid-third quarter, maybe early fourth. We'll see Taquan Robinson. We'll see everybody this weekend. Um, Penn State, it's a noon kick. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on this weekend's game against Villanova? I think they were going to win 50-0. to zero. Um, I don't see Villanova getting any touchdowns, and I see Penn State scoring a lot. Awesome. Can we get a special pick in here real quick? Yeah. Um, there's, a big, uh, there's a big fight Friday night from a Penn State alum. Um, Jason, who's gonna who's gonna win that fight? Well, you know, Bo Nichols fighting uh, in Pensacola, Florida. I'm flying down on Wednesday, and he's fighting Friday night. Um, I see Bo getting the first round KO. You know, he could he could go out there and you know try to wrestle the guy and just beat him that way easily. But I I, I see him testing his uh, his boxing skills and his in his uh, striking game and trying to get better in that and get more comfortable in the ring. And I think he's gonna get the first round knockout. So, yeah, uh, make sure to watch that uh, Friday night and look for Bo's striking and boxing skills to get him the W. Of course, we'll, we'll be all rooting for Bo, and I'm sure a lot of you are, are Penn State faithfuls. You know all about Bo and Jason, but, uh, yeah, Bo, we're rooting for you, man. Best of luck. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to preview the Indiana game and talk about Penn State's 42-10 to win over Villanova. Thank you.